Welcome, everyone, with your host, Mordechai Weirmiger and Harav Nissen. We are looking forward to taking your questions and your answers, or questions and comments, for in the mental health field. The number to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And first, I'd like to start with a beautiful Herzog and Mazel Tov to Rav Nissen, Hashem, marrying off a daughter, Merit Hashem, in two days around, Wednesday evening. Merit Hashem, looking forward to dancing at the Simcha. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Yeah, good. So we are going to go now to our caller. For those, again, those of you that like to call, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we're going to go to Ms. T. On with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Hi, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Okay, I have a friend who's more of like a negative type of person. She has a chronic illness. I have something similar to her, but mine is not chronicle. Like, we're both doing similar stuff. And, like, every time I talk to her, I'm always like, oh, she always asks me how I'm feeling. I'm like, great. And she's like, that means you're feeling horrible. Like, she always, and I'm like, no, I'm feeling good. I'm like, I don't want to be so negative because, like, if I talk negative, I'm going to feel negative. But, and then, like, and she's constantly, like, telling me her problems and about her doctor. She doesn't want to tell her doctor stuff and she doesn't want to tell her parents stuff. She's younger than me. She's not really close to her parents. And, like, I don't know what to do because I feel like, like, I'm not her doctor and I'm not her social worker. And I keep telling her, I'm not, like, an awesome person, but I kept telling her, like, a few times that really I wanted to, let's just be friends, talk about work, and talk about, like, our family, not talk about our problems. And, like, she's not seeming to get the hint. So, like, I'm up at night from our problems and, like, feeling horrible the whole day from her. And I don't know what to do. Well, like, I don't know how to, like, I feel like maybe I'm going to have to break the relationship. But I don't know how to do it in less painful life. I know she's a super notice, notice, let, let's stop a second. Notice already where you went to the solution. Your solution is, again, black and white thinking. If you don't have a simple solution, the answer is, I'm gone. Like, either I could get her to listen, or if she doesn't listen, then we're out. Can you give me three other solutions besides for either she completely talks positive between the two extremes, either she talks positive or you're out of the relationship? I don't know. That's it. That's the goal. Let's go ahead. Let's try to help you, Harv Nissen. Can you come up with two other or one other solution? I'll come up with one other solution. Maybe you'll come up with a third solution. What's a middle? What's another idea that you have a friend that has a reason? There's a chronic illness, and she has a right to be negative, but you have the same illness, just a little bit easier or not that chronic, and you're positive. Now, your two solutions are the two extremes, so we want five solutions, so we have the two extremes, cut off her completely because she's not turning positive, or listen to her negativity and just stay in it. Okay, those are two. Arvindison, would you, do you have any? I, I would say that, first of all, uh, be, be strong about yourself and uh, feel, be, feel uh, very optimistic. And I would say that uh, we said Adam to each other. No, that meaning that if you are very, very optimistic and radiate it, it will eventually affect her. I would say that uh, one thing that uh, we know, I, I always doing it. I pray to Shalom on this person. I pray that this person will be more positive. I'm I'm working. Uh, you know, even just to take a. a a piece of paper and something like this, you just say write on this what you want from your friend to be. And I, I think that uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman said it, that when you work and basically transfer your feeling to the paper, eventually something will happen in heaven and basically help your friend. Uh, this is my solution. I would say that uh, very, I would say, I, I wouldn't cut I think I try to radiate uh, the radiant, uh, the, the optimistic, and see that everything from the Kadosh Baruch Hu, er, everything with his own trial, everything, everyone, everyone is his own task in life. And you have a bigger neshama, so your trial is a little bit tougher than me, mine, but you have to overcome because uh, Ribbono Shulam is not doing something that we cannot stand. He wouldn't put us in a task without uh, ability to stay on and keep continue. And this is what my approach. I call David Rahmana Letava David. 
everything that Rebbeinu Shalom is doing is for the best of us. And each person has a different personality, even different task in life. And that's I would I would try to move your friend to this direction and try to find that she find the good on her situation. And I know that many people, even even in the people that was standing in front of the, you know, jumping for the roof, and when you talk with them and show them that the bright side, side, you know, that the positive side, that they have, you know, that if they don't have eyes, they have ears. If they don't have uh, something that in, in money, they have they have uh, other people around them. Everything is to look. I said not to the half cup. I said to look at the cup, even the empty cup. Because we have a cup. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so here we have what Ravnissa is saying is, let's look at the positive. Let's see what's going on good. I would add on, since I had some time to think, that's one of the benefits of having a co-host with me, that I can think a little at the breaks. So I wrote down three other options. One is, similar to Ravnissa said, discuss any other positives happening in her life. means all my clients, what I have them, they must start the positive session with a positive. That's number one. There's got to be something positive going on in their life, not necessarily about therapy, not because of therapy. But what would happen if you would first tell her, before we start topics, because it's so heavy, can you first share with me a positive? Will that work with her? Yeah, I could try. Um... Okay, option number one. Another option that I came up with is, is there any other topic that we can t- discuss? I cover that, and she's yeah, like no. automatically going back to like her sickness okay. or something. Right, but then you can go no. So let's talk about topics that's something that interests me: friends, school, or whatever else that's going on in your life. There's now any exams, midterms, report cards coming out now, things like that. Okay, that's another topic to talk about. Then I have a third option over here. After questions, you know something? I want to ask you advice. Um, just to remind people, the number is 718-683-5858, Looking forward to taking your question or your comment. And then there is another fourth point, which is before you tell her that we're disconnecting completely, how about what happens if you actually share your vulnerability? Sharing vulnerability means saying, I want you to know this conversation is so hard on me when we speak because we go into how negative it is. And I almost feel like we can only speak once or twice a week instead of every day, or whatever it is. Or we'll speak once in two weeks instead of once a week. So what do you think we could do that's not so heavy on me? Shift it on to her. Mm-hmm. What would happen? So far you've got four options. Does that make sense, any of the four options that I recommend? Yeah. Any of them? Do you yeah. think you can do any of them? Mm-hmm. Now, I would like you to come up with just one idea, because you know the girl. So what's one idea that you can do? Oh, I could try to change the topic. Yeah. You can try what? I know I could try to change the topic from two or two times. Why four, change four. topics? I want you to be open. You are, I'm sorry. I want you to be open with her. I want you to tell her it's hard, it's heavy. I know, so I'm I really, I'm not an open, open person. What? I'm really like, as a person, I'm not like an open person. I'm more like private and like, I don't, like, I'm more shy, like, I'm more of a step over, but, like, I built up a lot That's of time. Right, so because you're going to be a step over, you're going to probably end the relationship the way it's sounding. It's going to be too heavy. You're going to start avoiding it. I know, because I feel like, I feel like now that's what I'm doing, because she will call me, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Now, let's stop. So, recognize, because you're weak. Now, I believe in you. You're asking the question. You're on the radio, and you're very confident. So, mm-hmm. how about you change it that you're not, that you are not weak, well, you're not a pushover. You are just haven't had the experience to get stronger. And it sounds like, to me, I hear the power within you. So how about you do try to be open with her and tell her, you know something? It's so negative. It's always going to that difficulty. Can we please do anything? Huh. There is one suggestion that I forgot to write down that I thought of, and one of our listeners just sent it to me and was saying, can you start off each conversation just with a, help, with a positive? What's happening? How are you doing? It was a positive of what happened during the week. I don't know. Did I mention that by any chance? 
Yeah, yeah, that's why I said right. I did say that, right? All yes, the clients start by yeah, start off with that. Exactly, I did say that. But that's also changes the focus. When let's first have a positive. We still go. No, I can't. It's so well. I, with my clients, tell them we cannot go further. We can even spend 15 minutes in a session waiting for it to happen. Okay. But all that is based <clears throat> once you get strong, that you can discuss it with her and tell it to her and be open. Otherwise, you're going to avoid, you're going to try to get out of it. She has no idea why you're starting to avoid her, and she will be losing a friend instead of learning how to be powerful, and this can help you out in other places. Mordechai. Yes. I would tell her to force her friend to find something that good happened to her, and this, you know, what happened yeah. now? That's just force right, yourself. Right, so our you know. says it all the time, right, that we should write down 40 positives. Maybe you could tell her, when we speak, give me 10 positives that happen throughout the week that you're thanking Hashem for, and I'll give you my 10. If you want to continue the conversation, I know I want to get at least five things that happened, good things that happened. You wake up in the morning, you move your finger, you open your eyes, you wash your face, you have water in the sink, you have towel, you have soap, you have shampoo, you have conditioner, you know, you have air on it. That's right, these simple stuff, these simple little things, but they're not simple, they're powerful. Just try not having that, and boy, we see how it is. Try, to, try taking a shower for a week without shampoo, without soap. It's just a feeling. We just don't appreciate all these little stuff. Okay. Yeah, great. Fine, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This is, we got some great text messages that you're forwarding me. Interesting yes. stuff. Yes. We're going to go but to the callers because those are uh, easiest. So for those of you that are sending text messages, we appreciate it. Let's see if you're brave enough to call it in. Okay, yes, Let's miss, go. Yes, you have miss, miss, Mrs. R. We have, if Mrs. You. R. Mrs. R., you're on there with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello. Yes. Hi, thank you so much for your um, phone line and everything. Um, I wanted to ask you, is there such a thing as a person um, going through a trauma and they don't know about it? Of course. It's the like, most common thing out there. It's one of the most common issues that we're suffering now in cholesterol. How, how, like how, how is it possible that a person doesn't know like what, what's happening with what? How does it work? Sure, I'll, can I give you a muscle that will explain it to you? Do you know yeah, that when sure. a person is shot, they don't feel any pain? Okay. When someone goes through, which means the greater the trauma, the brain needs to shut down the feeling center. So if there's a little cut, we're jumping, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden if there's a big trauma, then the person doesn't feel it that much. So the brain needs to shut down the emotions, the pain around it, otherwise will fall apart. So when there's a great emotional trauma, if the person will realize what's happening or if the person will feel the full pain, then they won't be able to survive. So the brain has a filter which shuts it down. The yeah, danger but you is know like something happened to you, right? The great, the, that's right. The danger, what Hashem created, the danger in this system is that we stay stuck with this filter on. Instead of saying, okay, now it's safe to deal with it, and we still react in trauma mode. We still yell. We still scream. We still avoid different points, all for that reason. Right. But there's no such a thing as, like, not knowing that a trauma happened at all? Sure there is. That's the ultimate denial. Huge pain. Someone comes oh. from really unhealthy parents, then they might say, my parents are the greatest parents. You know how one way that in a simple test that I do, how people, how to recognize if they're in denial or not? I mm -hmm. ask them about anything. Let it be about a parent. Let it be about a school. Let it be about a friend. Let it be about whoever it is. And the okay. simple way to bust the denial is, tell me one positive, tell me ten positives, but then tell me one negative. If someone cannot have the balance to see one negative about someone, I know there it is. Many times I've got clients coming in, and I ask them a little about the family history, tell me about the parents. Oh, my father's a great person, da-da-da, but he's got this one chassarn. Okay, here, balance. I go, tell me about the mother. My mother, perfect. Tell me one chassarn, nothing. So, but you have mm -hmm. a mother. Not once did she ever get upset. Not once did she not give you something. Not once did you feel she gave your sister or your brother a little more than you. People that are in complete denial, I know there's huge trauma. They cannot find one chassarn about someone. And I tell them, even about me, I'm the therapist. Tell me three milers that you liked about this session. Tell me three chassarinists that you didn't like about the session. Mm -hmm. so the denial that the brain creates, the way you bust the denial, the way I recognize one of my tests that I do to see what if someone's in denial or not is tell me positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. So, yes, I want you to realize all denial means is that the brain is telling you Hashem created a safety mechanism that we should not go crazy, that Hashem has done and it protects us, that we are in denial. Denial is our friend. Denial mm-hmm. is our best friend. The problem is if we don't deal with the denial, when it's safe to work on, it will now become our enemy, and then it will become our greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you see how everything that Hashem does is amazing and it's appropriate and there's a reason for that? But if we don't take it, if we don't learn from it, if we don't do it balanced and appropriately, that same toifel will end up hurting us. So why should a person like want to start therapy and bring up all stuff that you tried to deny for such a long time? Like excellent. Let's go ahead and take an example. So let's assume that someone has friends. <clears throat> that weren't trustworthy, and they told everyone their secrets. So their protection now is, I don't need friends. I don't have to connect to anyone. Yeah, and they've yeah. survived four years through high school. They don't need to connect. They do everything on their own. And then they get married. And then they don't connect to their husband. The husband's hurt. And then this girl says, oh, it's not me. My husband's such a needy, emotional, weak guy. Fine. And he suffers, and he's not strong enough to get her to therapy. And she's in complete denial that she can't say uh, anything. Then she's got a kid. Then she's got a couple of kids. Then the kids start having issues. That Ma, you're doing all the mitzvahs in the world. You're helping everyone. You never said I love you. Love me. You never spent time in the house. When you're in the house, you're busy running away, helping everyone else, but not being by yourself, not being mm-hmm. with us. And she's still in denial. Mm-hmm. Isn't denial a great system? And the kids start having anxiety, and the kids start feeling neglect, and the kids start having problems. They've got no one to open up to. Isn't denial right. still such a great tool? Mm-hmm. Then the kids and husbands start complaining, and then she starts coming with a conspiracy theory. Everyone is crazy in this world. Everyone listens to Mordechai Weimer, and he creates problems now. <laughs> and don't worry, it doesn't stop. Then the kids get married, and the kids are closer to the husband. Then, they're, then they don't want to come home. They hang around more the in-laws. And now this mm-hmm. girl is still going around with the same feeling. You see, no one likes me. People aren't safe. The mm-hmm. whole world is so bad. Even my own kids turn on I me. Mean, my grandchildren don't want to come to me. All because of denial. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Cool. How many Shalom bias do I know were destroyed because of denial? The person just can't admit and say, I have a problem. What's wrong? Imagine you go over to a person and say, tell me five strengths that you have, 20 strengths that you have. Tell me five weaknesses that you have, but not just weaknesses, five weaknesses that you have, and I'll work on them. Oh, the minute you want me to work on it, no, 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 that's the pain. And if this person is a child of a parent that has denial, then it's even harder for them to change because they were taught that we don't fight with our denial systems. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the point of this radio program. I thank her so much for giving me this opportunity because people mm-hmm. that listen go, wow, that's what I sound like. I never realized this is what I sound like. I should go for help. There are people right. that tell me that they're listening two, three years before they're taking the first therapy session. Right. That's the goal, to create the awareness. All we're mm-hmm. saying is, if you have a pain, stop blaming your husband or your wife, the spouse. Stop blaming the children. Stop blaming the parent. There's no room. I had a client today, and whatever, we did the evaluation. We realized a lot comes from the parents. He goes, so now we get to blame my parents. I said, who blames? There's no room to blame parents here. Mm-hmm. We don't blame anyone. All we're saying is, this is the situation. We understand how you learned it. Now, are you willing to learn how to change? All we do is when we do a history, when we understand different points, we just understand how it developed. We're not blaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you see how people in denial mm-hmm. don't want to go for help? That's the problem. Until I'm they just say, asking okay. because, um, mm-hmm. hello? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's coming out very low. Because um, I started suffering like from anxiety just out of the blue as a teenager. Like Usually you have something triggering it. But I didn't, so... If you can give me a better example, I'd appreciate that. Just say it again, please. um, I was just saying that I started suffering from anxiety just out of the blue. Like one night I had a panic attack and that... Stop, stop. Already I'm challenging that. What? It's not true. No one suffers from anxiety out of the blue. It's sort of like saying you just started flying. Out of the blue, you just started flying. Is that possible? There has no. to be a trigger for it. There has to be a build-up. This doesn't have to be a major trigger, but there has to be some trigger. Mm-hmm. Impossible. But to me, it sounded like out of the blue. That's right. Now, if you do a real evaluation, we'd really be doing an evaluation. We'd be seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. We'd be so finding somebody... out what was going on. 
somebody told me, like, maybe you went through some kind of trauma. So I said, no. I no, no, don't do the big stuff. Could be the small stuff. That's when evaluation comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, it is impossible for us to be afraid of something for no reason at all. Uh, Make sense? No, not by me. Whatever. No, I'm telling you yes by you. You're just saying it's impossible. What I said is now you need a professional to do a real evaluation. Question to you. How many of you, which one of your parents, don't answer that, have stress? Which one of your parents are afraid to do certain things? Which one of your parents are living for the street or worried about what the street will say about them? Which one of your, street, your parents do you have a difficulty disagreeing with? And if you disagree, they'll be very upset at you. Which one mm-hmm. of your parents give in to everyone all the time? Just answer me yes or no. Are some of them there? Some of the yeah, questions sure. that I answered. Normal. What? Yeah, so what you say normal in a real evaluation, I start asking you, give me some stories. We'll start seeing, is it really normal? Is mm-hmm. it too much? All I'll tell you is the fact that you have anxiety says there's something going on. Then we start going to you in class. What's going on? Did you have friends? Did you have teachers you can open up to? Did you have friends that were hurting you? Did you have friends that you felt were turning against you? Is there a secret in the family that no one talks about? And Are there stupid stuff can afraid? make like a person go through. Say that again? Say that again? And like such small things can make a person go These through. These aren't like, small so things. When we start small things, because you might be raised in that, and you might think that's normal, you don't even realize how detrimental it is. Right, yes. because anxiety is very normal to me. That's right, exactly. So how many of your family members do you know have anxiety? Just tell uh, me many, a, a few, uh, a little. A lot. I don't know. Would you say more than one family member? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the way you said for sure, what I'm going to explain to you is there's a lot of unhealthy things going on, and you're so raised in it, and maybe even have aunts, uncles, cousins that also live that way, that you just believe it's normal. Mm-hmm. I've recently spoken to someone that they were physically being beaten. I'm not saying by who it is and by what. And they thought that that is a normal spouse. Mm-hmm. Because by their parents, there was a lot of fighting going on. And in their marriage, there was a lot of fighting. And they just thought, this is normal. So some are more extreme than others. Mm-hmm. It's you understand this? Okay. So when, if you're saying there's a lot of anxiety, you believe it's normal, what I'm telling you is it's time to go to a professional to start recognizing what's happening. Mm-hmm. I've been there. And that will do a real evaluation. Start going, by the way, you say this is normal from 1 to 10. Most half of houses, this doesn't happen. And this doesn't either happen. This doesn't either happen. So now if you put all this together, all these little points, yes, it adds up to anxiety. Now it makes sense. So mm-hmm. I'll put it to you this way. If the way you view life is normal, then it's normal for most people in your family to have anxiety. The anxiety is a message to say this is not normal and choices need to be made to go to have things done differently. Right, but not all of my family suffer from anxiety. Who said all? If you've got more than one there, then we know everybody lives in the same situation. No, don't do that now. That's the next. There's a lot of information. Don't do that. The judging, the equating everyone, being which number child you're born in, what was happening in the family at that time. Father had more parnasa, less parnasa. Mother had a brother or sister, a parent that was well, that wasn't well during those five or ten years that this kid was going through Mm -hmm. things. So much is going on. Let's not do that. Please, let's not equate everyone. If you do a real, a real history, family history, when you start going when the anxiety started, what was going on, what's the thought patterns, what are the stresses, and then we check other siblings, you'll see exactly why in certain families certain things happen at certain children and not to other children. However, right. what do you say to this, please? I said that uh, you, you said everything, you know, because it seems like uh, we, we, you know, living in a society and, and a place that if you're living inside the, the fish tank, you adjust yourself to the fish tank. It's, it's everything that's <laughs> around you, you know. And the, and you said it's look like it's a normal, but when you get right. out from the one you know, one warm water to a cold water, it's not normal. The thing that's mm-hmm. like you have to to uh, I, I would say uh, check yourself and really an, an objective try to be objective. Look at the mirror and said you know what happened. You know as as uh, Mordechai say about uh, is is when you was child. 
uh, is your parents was in, in a difficulty, is your mm-hmm. brother was under pressure, you know, shiduchim, all this kind of around that implant on your brain uh, some kind of anxiety. I would say that, uh, you, you know, I, I, have, I have seven kids, and Baruch Hashem, and each one is a total different personality. So it's like some of them are a little bit more sensitive, some of them less, but each one is accepting this. You know, some some people are allergic to gluten, some allergic to uh, peanuts. Our, mm-hmm. our brain is working differently. So you cannot say this, my family is normal, because, uh, you know, the, the impression that say that look at your uh, palm and see all the fingers not equal. Each yeah. one is different differently. So I said that, I, that as a I have to do a big, big evaluation, evaluation about what, where we're standing and what, inf- what basically uh, gave, you, gave the situation that to be like this right now. Right. And, I, I, and again, I, I, just for everyone listening, I just want to close with this because we've got more people waiting. Very simple. If there's more than one family member in your family that's got emotional issues and you don't see anything wrong, then start doing an evaluation. Start going. No, I start didn't doing say that. What? I didn't say I don't see anything I wrong. I didn't say. I didn't say you did. All I said is you okay. just want to know about denial and there's a possible that everything was great. You start developing anxiety for no reason at all as a teenager, and I'm telling you that's not true. And I'm right, just saying it out why... for all those people listening. Because many people don't know. Many people have anxiety. And they just think it's just basheret. Hashem just did it. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something. Of course Hashem does things. But as a therapist, as a clinician, there are things that you can do to prevent it and to stop it. Yeah, but why, why like, I always thought to myself, why only me from my whole family suffers so I much? I promise you it's not only you. So let's break that one. It's not only. I promise you it's not only you. Yep. Okay. All right. We are going to go to our next caller. Thank you Thank for that you. information. Sure, you're welcome. We're going to go to Mr. Y. Is Shalom? Hello? Yes, yeah, Shalom Aleichem. I have a problem. I'm scared of people. Can I ask you how old you are roughly between 10 and 15, 15 and 20, 20 and 30, 30 and 40? What? Your age, roughly, between 10 and 15, um, 15 and... I'm um, in between 10 and 15. Okay, you're afraid of people? First yeah, of, do you have I have a stage fright. Stage fright. Stage fright and fear of people are a little bit different, could be similar. So do you have stage fright or you get stage I'm fright both. of people? What's your fear when you have to speak in front of people? I can't open myself to them. Uh-huh. Do you have, now you're talking about speaking publicly or even one-on-one? No, one. Um, so you can't open up to anyone? No, even a close friend. Even a close friend. Now, if I would ask you, what's the biggest, what's the first fear if you think about, let's name the first three things that come to mind. If you would open up to a close friend, what are you afraid of? He'll reject you. He'll laugh at you. He'll think you're a baby. He'll think I'm a baby. Oh, think you're a baby. Which part will you think that you're a baby? If you have this problem or if you like talking about certain things? If I have a problem. If I have this problem with it. If you have this problem. Yep. Yeah. So let's, and now, are you comfortable to talk to a Rebbe about this problem that you have? No. Why not? Because I'm not so scared of him. Okay. Are you comfortable talking to your parents about it? Parents, yeah. Good. Have you discussed it with your parents yet? Not really. Okay. Try opening up to your parents. It's the first step. I want you to realize it's cold. We, we try to go one step at a time. First, open up to your parents, and then even ask your parents, you think I can open up to a friend about this? Well, you could start hinting it. What we start doing is we do little steps. Like you tell your friend, what would you say if someone would tell you he's afraid of, let's say you're afraid of heights, and say, you know, he's afraid of the darkness. And if I'll say, okay, everyone's got their stuff. Okay, well, it's not me, but I'm afraid of heights, or I'm afraid of stage fright, or whatever it is. And they'll say, oh, okay. And he might even say, I have the same problem. So you might want to test the waters. But before you test the waters with one, first try something small. Or, uh-huh. and, or first open up to your parents. Okay. So who said it's really safe to open up right away? You're a teenager. So you, from experience, when you open up to kids, means when kids are 
from 6 to 12, you tell them a secret, they right away tell everyone else. You know what Yankee just told me? He just told me that I'm crazy. Or especially teenage girls, they have this stage where they go through where they call up another friend and they're silent on it, and then they call the third friend. So what do you say about friend B? You know, like A calls up C with B on the phone listening. What do you say about B? It's amazing how many teenage girls just or girls go through. It's one of the stages that they go through. So they might feel it's not safe to open up. Okay. So you want to start slowly opening up. You want to make sure it's safe to open up. And you do one step at a time. It's the same thing with therapy. It means the first session they come, I try to get a lot of ideas, a lot out from them. But then we know by the third session they'll open up a lot more. So one step at a time. You're normal. It's healthy. Test the waters. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Great, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for being brave to call in and ask. Okay. Great. We are going to go to Mrs. G. Mrs. G, you're on the Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello. Yes. Okay, so I have this, this question. that I have a friend that lives close to me, and whenever we decide on a time to, to go out, let's say I tell her, let's meet 845 at the corner, she says, is 848 good? So I give in to her. Like, I don't care for those few minutes. And then we, meet, we want to meet on, on 10 o'clock. She says, could we meet on 10.03? And the problem is that she doesn't, she doesn't arrive on 10.03. 10 we still have to go to her, to her building, ring her bell, until she comes down. And when, and when we come home, she wants us to come to her, to her building because she's scared to go home. Like, I want to know, like, where's the line where, where we should give in to her and why not? First, so what do you say to this? Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't add a question. I'm sorry. Okay, just... the basic question is that they have a friend which they make up to meet at a certain time, let's say at 8 o'clock to go walking, and then she says, no, meet me at 8.03. So they give in to 8.03, but she's still not out there at the corner, so they have to go to her door. They pick her up. They have to ring her bell till she comes. And then at 10 o'clock, like when they want to drop her off, something, she says, no, I'm afraid, and they have to walk her to the building. And they want to know, and she's late, so they want to know what's the shear. When should they allow themselves to be pushed over, and when don't they get pushed over? <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's, it seems like uh, it's, it's a attention uh, disorder of this girl. She wants them to get, uh, you know, basically uh, power control. In my opinion, and yeah. My question, my, my, my idea is uh, stand with you. You say eight o'clock. If you're eight or one, you're late. I'm sorry, we're not waiting. We continue without you. That's right. And you see, I would have agreed with Rav Nissan. Everything that he said, you just threw in one word that just gives me another idea. And tell me what this means about, you said she's afraid. Is it possible that at 8 o'clock she's also afraid, so she wants you to ring her bell? And this way you take, you pick no, up. No, no, her bell. mother is afraid. Let's say we live in a, like, out of the, out, like, out, uh, like, more like yeah. the end of the, of the, of the street. So her mother is scared. She, she shouldn't go home alone, like. Sure. Okay. So, oh, but her mother's not as afraid for her to walk there? No, it's like just this, like, way o'clock. Like, if you come home from a wedding, like, 12 o'clock, she wants us to, to, to go with her to her building. Okay, so it's only at night that she wants you to go there, right? Yeah, but whenever we meet on a certain time, she always has a, a, a like, a, a good excuse why to meet on a different time. Like, she can, she, but... Good. So now I'll stick to our business things. What happens if you tell her, just be open with her? What happens if you tell her straight out this issue? You know what, every she time tells us, please, I, I need those three minutes, and I, I don't care for those three minutes. So I give in to her once and twice, but this happens so many times. You see, do you have the issue of the three minutes, or your issue is that she does it a lot more than those three minutes? Do you understand what I'm asking? No. It sounds like she's not making you wait three minutes. It sounds like she's like making you wait a, lo- a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yes. So now, what happens if you do to what, what exactly? It's, it's more like because if so she, she let's say she wants to, she wants to, to come with us because we live next to her like two blocks, and then she 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 tells a different friend that lives like a few blocks up okay. to meet her now, like a ten. Let me tell you what the issue is. You see, now you're repeating the question, and this is what teenagers do. We try to focus on the answer, and you're and you start repeating about how difficult the situation is. Let's focus now on the answer. Okay, we're now at the solution component now. All right. Mm-hmm. So now my question to you is, if you do what Harvinison suggested, 
that you tell her, look, we are leaving at 8 o'clock. We appreciate. If you need more time, 8.03 is the latest. We will wait. At 8.03, we're leaving. What happens if, are you ready to do that? Yeah, but then, then I feel like I'm, I'm, like I'm too hard on her. Bingo, that's the issue. You see what the issue is? The issue is you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Now. That's why I want to like, when should I, should I wait for no, her? No, 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 let's, not, let's go. What's, what's the guilt thing? I'd like everyone to listen to this because this is, one's got this. What's your guilt? Like, it would maybe, maybe if I, I'll be late, then she, she, wouldn't, she, she wouldn't want me to wait, uh, wait for me. Like, okay, so now let's recognize. So if you would be late, if she would be late once, would you have an issue waiting for her? No, but it happens many times. That's right. So now let me ask you something. If you were late many times, would you expect them to wait for you every single time you're late? No, the problem is I'm not late, so that's why I let's feel like... Let's stop a second. Hold on. We're not, I'm leading you. It's like a chess set. We're going one piece at a time. So now, if you're clear that if you would be late many times, that you would be comfortable if they leave without you, then what's your issue? Why do you feel that she should be different? Oh, because I want to be nice to her. I don't know. Ah, let's not use the word nice. Now I want to recognize. Are you afraid that she'll get upset at you? Are you afraid no, she I'm might say you're not a good girl? I just, I don't know. Let's recognize. If, I'm going to take it again. If you understand that if you're late many times that they don't have to wait for you, why can't you allow her to be the same responsible as you are? Because it's not only me. Let's say we meet a, a group of friends. And, like, different girls, okay, say, okay, let's wait for, like, wait, wait, wait two minutes. Wait, wait, I have an issue. Oh, so now the issue is, now you're adding on to the question, that even though you feel now it's time to move on, but other girls say we should wait, correct? Mm-hmm. So are they walking every time meeting you, or is it just this one time? So that's why maybe they have patience, because it's the one time for them. But for you, it's every time. No, we always, we always meet, like, three girls, and then we, then we go. And all three girls are saying they should just wait? They're comfortable just waiting? No, because a different girl, let's say, because one time we, meet for, we wait for her, and then we wait for her. Like, she wants, she wants to wait for her, so she says, okay, let's wait for her two minutes. It's not going to, like, they think, like, like, two minutes is not going to make a difference. Because okay, we, we're so not going to arrive late to the wedding, but... So and now if, we're if, going if, to change your questions. Now we're going to change your question. So you go with a group of girls... And the, since you're in a group of girls, what happens is there's always one or two girls that are running late, and now you're always late because of them. So mm-hmm. you're someone that's punctual, and by belonging to a group, you're having, the, you're having a difficulty. Correct? Yes. Excellent. Now your question changed a little. So now let's go ahead and share with you the benefits and negatives of a group. The benefits of a group is that you get to go together, you walk into the wedding, you guys are all together, you guys yeah, take seats together. We don't, need, we don't need her in the group. She doesn't, we, we can walk without her. We're just doing her a favor that we're waiting for her. Because she, she, she always has different girls to go. Like if if we're going to leave let's, her, let's she's going to have someone. Again. Let, let, me, let me repeat because it seems like every time I ask you the question, I'm getting another bit of information that I'm getting less and less clear. So let's try this again. You told me originally there's a girl that's late and you can go without her. Then when we repeated the question, you gave us more information stating that it's not just this girl. There are other girls that are late. I know, because your mentality is like I ask my question, and then I'll give you the information. So I I didn't explain to you the whole question. I think I'll tell you what. I usually get questions pretty quick, and it seems to be more that I'm not getting. So let's try one time if I get your question. If not, we'll just go to the next caller, okay? So go ahead. So should, Tell me your question at a complete level. So then, then we we want to meet we want to meet a group of girls, and one girl she always she always wants to meet like a few a few minutes later, and this is this is also because she 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 likes she also has a friend that lives a few blocks uh, um farther than us, and then so she 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 tells she tells her, she tells a girl that she's gonna meet like five minutes after we meet, so she wants to make sure that when we walk through that that girl's house she's gonna come down, but we we don't want to walk that way. She goes. The problem is that she, she ta- she's taking care like of, of a different girl. That girl could also walk alone, but she wants to she like taking care of that girl. She should have she should have room to go. So that's why she, we are running late because she makes sure that that girl is, is meeting us. Okay, so now let's go back to our Nissen suggestion. What happens if you 
as a girls, just tell them, we're leaving at this and this time. We understand. We're calling the, where everyone should walk at 8 o'clock. Up to five minutes late, we'll wait, and then we go. At 8.05, we go. How, what happens to that simple solution? So should we do it all the time, or should we give in to her a few times? Wait, That's what do all the friends say about that? What happens if it depends on your mood? And then I should wait for her? Like, if I'm, if I'm in a good mood, I should wait for her, and if not, no, I mean... Not a, that's nothing to do with good mood or bad mood. What happens to do at this time? Do you want to wait today? Do you not want to? I don't even want to make a good mood or bad mood, because then it's like, if you don't want to wait for you're in a bad mood, no, today you want to be somewhere on time, up to five minutes late. Sometimes, so you're giving her room to be human. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the room for human. means if you tell her, we're leaving at 8 o'clock sharp, then it's room for human, so then be there at 7.55. And if you want to wait till 8.05, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But it's not about good or bad. It's about what you're in the mood of that time. But you know what time you can leave. I have many times, I'm not saying this on the air for people to start calling up random people, but I have some people, let's say clients, so sometimes they can't always afford a session, they want to drive me home because I live in Lakewood. So they would pick me up from Brooklyn and go. But sometimes what ended up happening was I'm waiting for them. And at the end, they're coming 10 minutes late, then 20 minutes late, then a half hour late. And then I end up coming late at home, and then it ruins the whole plans that I had. So what I told people is, I'm waiting at the bus stop. If the bus comes first, I'm on the bus. If you're before the bus, then I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. Do you see what that means? It means we're leaving at 8 o'clock or at 8.05. With the greatest of pleasures, you can join us, but we're not waiting. So we have to like be strong, like we are leaving 8 o'clock, if you want, you can come. Notice how painful, how angry it is. Watch how I'm saying this. I really want to have the ride with you, but I also need to be home to my family. So therefore, if you would like me to get the ride and I would enjoy the ride with you, then please meet me before the bus. So now mm-hmm. let's try the same thing. Do you hear anger? Do you notice the way you said it? If like you're a, not here at 8 what? o'clock, then we're leaving without you. Notice the anger. Do you hear your tone? Yeah, because it happens so many deal. times that I, I don't want to wait right. for her anymore. That's right. You hear your frustration. Whatever you're going to say is going to be taken as a, as, a, as a punishment. What happens if you can say it gentler? I, watch this. I'm going to try the role play on you. How does it sound to you? Let me try both ways, your way. You know something? We waited so many times I had enough of this. Either you meet us at 8 o'clock, and if not, get your other way. Go with that friend that's always late. Or... You know, we want to leave on time. We know you're running late many times. We really feel bad for you, but we get stressed waiting, or I get stressed waiting. So please be ready at 8 o'clock. And at 8.05, even if it's 8.05 and three seconds, we already started walking. So we have five minutes. We're waiting extra five minutes just for you. Mm-hmm. How does that sound? Did you hear a difference between the first and the second one? Mm-hmm. What's the difference? The way you, the way you said it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I want to add something about, you know, about the return and regret. About the return is, I think that a mom has the issue and it's really necessary to wait for her to the apartment. I would say that... Is but my, mo- my mother is worried too because yeah, then I know, I, no, I'll, I'll come home like three minutes later. No, like, okay. I, I also have a, mo- a mother waiting at home. Like why should I always go, go with her? Maybe she'll come one, one time. Okay. She, she, she won't come with me. She always wants, wants it her way. Okay, so this is, the, this is a different question. This exactly. You feel frustrated. I, 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 I understand it. But if the issue that uh, the, the wait, I know that when I go with somebody and I'm the last one, I always wait for the, the, the person's to, to went into the, the house or to the door and to see that everything okay and I continue. But this if you feel that you need to go home earlier, so tell her I'm sorry, I have to go home. My mother is waiting for me and that's it. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to hear something. Do you hear your frustration the way you said your mother is also waiting? What would happen if you can just say even if your mother wasn't waiting, today I just want to go home early. For no reason at all. It's not early. It's a matter of one block. It's like one block. One. No, 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 no. You see, I, w- I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to maximize it. I want you to realize your rights. Could you imagine that for no reason at all, let's say it's ten blocks, let's say it's three houses down, just saying, I really don't want to walk to your house three houses down. I want to go straight into my house, and you can find someone else to walk with you that will walk those three houses. I just don't want to tonight. Imagine you can get that permission. 
I don't know. I feel like it's mean. Like, what do you that's care? Right. Just now, imagine, now, you see, that's why that's the point of this. Imagine you have a right to just say, you know, just like they're saying it's mean, imagine it's the other way. So it's right? Everything is right. You need to feel comfortable. You want to discuss it with adults and just be at ease with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Before we go to one of the questions, take one of the texts of this over here that we read, because I think it's important. You're talking about the mood or? Oh, cute. No, this oh, no. is the one about the one going to five therapists already. Okay, okay. So it goes over here, thanks for your show. Is there such a concept that anxiety is not treatable with medication and therapy? I went to four therapists already, and they all dumped my case because I have it for around 10 years, basically since I was born. Is there even a purpose of taking medication and going to a fifth therapist? Notice what you're asking here. You've gone to five therapists, and they just stopped working with you. You're assuming they, work, they stopped working with you because you have it all your life. Me as a therapist, I know when I remove myself from cases, there are several reasons. I think that other therapists might be more experienced, things like that. But sometimes the person isn't ready to work on it, really isn't listening. So what, my advice to you is go back to any of the five therapists that dropped you and ask them straight out open, and they'll tell you open. Did you drop me because I am not listening? Did you drop me because I did not want to take the steps? Did you drop me because I didn't want to do the homework? Did you drop me because you told me to take medication and I refused? You see, we're discussing denial the first 25 minutes of the program. I wonder, are you in denial with this question that five therapists dropped you? You're saying because they couldn't help you, or are they saying because you did not listen? That is all I had to say about that one. And we say, as Rabbi Nachman say, en yush ba'olam. That's never right. Give, never give exactly. up. Never give so up. Can, yep. Ain't use by Continue. Try. Go to therapist. Try medication. Go ahead. Of course you should try medication. If therapy didn't work, try medication. Definitely. Okay. All right. Who do we have next over Mrs. here? Mrs. G. Mrs. G. And the yes, hello, that's still on the call, your question, we might be able to still take your question, is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Mrs. G, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hello. Um, I yes, hello. have um, a comment or two. Um, sure. Not a question about previous callers. Um, first of all, the, the lady that asked about the trauma, about being in denial, like she ended up with a question why she only out of her whole family. Um, yeah. Like why she's, she only is going with it. Well, that's her question. Um, you asked me what was like, the answer to the question? The answer is I'm sure many more have it. That was my first one. A second of all can also be different family, different situations happening at her uh-huh. life. Um, sometimes, sometimes what happens is that there is only one family member and it has to do with many things, maybe something that happened specifically to that child, and the other people didn't suffer, let's say, so much, and they are... I disagree with that. I just want to start. That's your opinion. I disagree with that. I just want to be straight up on okay. it. Straight up I, just, I disagree with that no, theory, No, because the, the, pe- the person, what happens is, feels like so, like, what's wrong yes, with yes, me? I got it. You're, I, va- you're validating a belief that anyway. I'm trying to bust. You're saying the belief oh, that sorry. I on the radio <laughs> try to bust. The yeah. chance of being issues in the family and only one family member having it, I don't. I haven't yet seen that from my experience. No, I, I'm saying exactly like you're saying. I just want. Oh, then I'm hearing to, something um, else. And please go ahead and clarify. That, so we'll just to say tell that um, person that it is, is it, that it isn't true. She just um, like whatever. She's just feeling like this, and it's not. It that's not whatever. Like that was just. Um, no, so you're saying it's okay, just her so feelings. By, that's right. Yes. Um. Another comment I have about um, many people call about their, um, they can't, they have to help their friend. And like, can you say that um, they, they are rather like harming them? So a lot of people have it um, so hard to hear that. And what happens um, right or left is that maybe what can help them to know is that sooner or later, the friend B, the unhealthy friend, might leave them alone before, like, they think that they, how can I do it to this um, friend, or how can I do it, like, I want to help them, I have to help them. 
So maybe if they know that in many cases what happens is that the friend will always, let's say, will end up in therapy or something like that, and then they start um, stop, um, they stop talking to all their to all their friends, and they they whatever they go into therapy. Um, so. So what you want to say is that for them to realize that by sometimes friend B might actually start therapy on their own. Um, what, if it's so hard for them, I mean, it's not, I'm not, not a therapy um, idea. It's just that if they should realize that in so many cases um, it happens that a friend stops talking to them. That's right. And they the feel abandoned. Stops being the codependent, stops helping them, and then the person. So they think down. they are helping the friend. They think that they are That's going right. to do Thank such a bad thing. Right. That's exactly what we tell everyone all the time. Beautiful, beautiful, excellent. They might be very like. Um, well? Hello? Yeah, uh, okay. okay, so uh, we lost her. Okay, so we'll go to Mr. T. Yes. Hi, you're yeah, on the hi. Mordechai. Yeah, thank you for your show. Uh, we enjoy it every night. Ah, my pleasure. Okay, uh, my question is, my son ha- uh, told me, <coughs> not to Shabbos, a interesting situation that he had in the yeshiva. So he was a little nervous. I asked him what's going on. He told me he came home from Shivis in a dorm. Uh, let's just stop a second. Is it appropriate for children above yes. to hear? Good. Um, the there was the night Meshgiach called him in and asked him who, if he, um, why. Um, he asked him if he uh, have if he has a laser pointer. So he, hasn't, he, he told him no. <clears throat> so he asked him, then whose laser pointer did you have when you pointed out from the window? So I told him I never did it. So he called him a liar. And again, like four or five times, they repeated it. He let him go. The next day, the main mashgir called him in, and the same story repeated so then he asked him, do you know who might have done it? He told them, no. So he tells them, okay, listen, if I find out that you knew who did it, then you're out of the yeshiva, you lose my number, whoever's going to call me, I'll never pick up the phone. Now, my son was pretty nervous going back uh, Sunday morning. Just for the fact that he was called the liar a couple of times on something that he had. Hold on, let's start. What's your question? Because I feel like we're bad mouthing a school, like things like that, authority okay. figures. My what? question is, yeah, um, it's question? a double question. My question is how, how I should deal with it with my son. And okay, if let me be, let it, me cut straight through the chase. Let's go through this. Uh, forgive me for being a little like this, and I know I'm going to get a lot of flax for my question. Is your son someone that usually gets into problems with authority? Yes or no? A simple answer. I wouldn't say usually, but he has any problems, yes. Yes, exactly. So l- let's start the whole system over here. A Manal Mashgiach principles don't just attack the innocent kids that don't have much to do with issues out of the blue. Okay, they this was something that happened on, hold on, came out from his room. So now, if they were out of a room with their three, four boys, where they make trouble, and they thought they saw the person, they might accuse him. Now, it might also be a tactic that they do to try to accuse a guy, and this way he'll give in. And it might be wrong, it might be right. But I first want to start, before, before we attack the Minahala, before we attack the teachers, can we first also recognize at the same time that it's, it's not right to have someone say that they're wrong, but there's a reason to be chayshin. Now, you have to go around the process. I would be speaking to your son, how do we work globally? Let's not look at this situation, you being attacked. How do we work on you that you should be a kid that will be accepted? What are things that you do in general? Why are you the person that's the shady figure that's being accused? That's what I would start working on. Yeah, okay, that's the, actually one of the reasons why I called now, because he's system. actually, a, for a full year, uh, I wouldn't say a full year, but uh, I would say it's, it's now seven to eight months, 
that he's been working very hard and never had any any issues bechlal whatsoever. Now hold and, on, have you spoken to the yeshiva that are they not having issues? Means they're not swallow that they're swallowing. It's not bad enough that they need to call. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's I even have I ha, I I mean I'm in contact with the yeshiva on a weekly basis. Great. And, Hold on, um, if that's the case, let's stop a second. How about you call up the principal, the one that you speak to on a weekly basis, and ask him, how do we deal with it? No, my problem is I cannot speak to the principal. I'm not in contact with the principal directly. I'm, just, I'm in contact with somebody oh, who's in contact with them. Right. Now, I would like you, I would suggest you speak to the principal in general that once a week. How's and with his malamdam, I'm in contact. Okay, so then you call up his malamid. Malamid, how do I deal with this? My son was accused this way. He's very hurt. Maybe the malamid can speak to your son. And say, you know something the Manal had, or whatever, or, or I'll speak to the Manal and say it had nothing to do with you. Go ahead. Those people that are involved, your question is a very dangerous question, because it could be that the teachers in their bedroom are wrong. It could also be that your son's got a lot going on. I, I deal with many times kids with problems, and I'm aware many times I don't want to be blunt how many times the parents are in denial of how their kid is doing. I'm not attacking. I'm just saying your question is a situation I will not answer that without really hearing the story. Mm-hmm. Your question is so loaded that it could be that your son's completely innocent, trying to turn over a leaf, and the Manal and the Mashgiach don't want to switch, don't want to change the view of him. Your situation could be your son is a major problem, and the Rebbeim are trying to protect him from you, from you not finding out. Finding out. It could be your son's an issue, and you don't even want to hear it. It could be that your son is is a tzaddik gomer, and now we're, we're, we we got to change yeshivas. They heard he wants to change yeshivas, and they're threatened. It could be that another kid blamed your son was caught and blamed your son because they know he's now a good kid, and he won't get blamed. What would you say if you would hear that all of a sudden someone actually accused your son, the guy that was guilty accused your son? There are kids that when they're caught, they would blame another name. So we don't know what's happening. We're jumping to conclusions here. Mm-hmm. Okay, my prob- main problem here was with that point that he threatened them if he finds out of that course, he didn't we know who had a laser pointer or who did it. will find something wrong with what they did. I got you. I'm not defending them. All I'm saying is that when you're in a position of authority and you have to deal with difficult situations, you are going to be making mistakes. So what do I tell as a father my son in a situation right now you like this? call up the Malamed. First call up the Malamed that's in the system. What do I do now? First call up the Malamed. Before you're busy what to tell your son, first get the full story. What happens if the Malamed tells you, yes, we have a boy that came forward and said your son did it? Would that change what you will tell your son? It would probably, yeah. Uh... Exactly. So first do your research before we get into it. Find out what happened. That's what I'm saying. It's so complicated. Okay. Thank you. And I yes. appreciate it. Yeah, I just want you to realize that. Now, let's say the principal was the way and wasn't right. How would you feel if your father would tell you the principals are wrong? Or how about, you t- or how about if you your father would say, you know something, your parents did make a mistake. Or they might have made a mistake, but they might have done this that way. But still... Look at the 80% that is positive. Look at the 90% that is positive. Can we realize that anyone in authority can make a mistake? Yeah, but my, my, my problem here is, it's actually my problem. When my son asks me, and, I, and if it happens next time, that they threat me the same thing. And let's assume that okay, I might have well, an idea. I wouldn't know for so sure. Time, what do I'll I ask? What I would do. What we do is you go down, after this thing gets straightened out, you go down with your son, or you go down to the Manal, and you tell the Manal, look, we have a problem here. My son doesn't do well with threats. However, this we got like 10 seconds to go. What would you say? Because I feel you, we need you as an outsider in 10 seconds. I, I would say that, uh, you know, you said the, the word before, and it's a, I know that it's happened to me when I was a teenager, it's a long, long time ago, that uh, a person that did something wrong and basically blamed on me. And I, I wasn't the, the best kids in the town, you know, I would say a little bit shovav, a little bit, you know. But uh, I, had, I had to talk with the, with the rabbi, uh, with the teacher, and straight, I know that my mom, uh, rest in peace, so she w- approached the teacher and basically straight up all the, 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 
these things, you know. But if you just coming from out the uh, the point that they and us both, you know, it's it's not working. It's not working for you, child, and not not for nobody. Try to combine to combine them to see what is this. Sometimes, yeah, unfortunately, we found that as issue with with teachers and educator. I don't want to say rabbi educator that make mistakes. We are human. So, but give the, give them the chance. Go talk with them, and you know, be a little bit, you know, on the positive side. And if you hundred percent sure that your son is innocent, I don't think that you have to be afraid and said my son is innocent. Something wrong happened here. You miss misjudgment. Check it. That's right. And in the future, please speak to my son gentler before you accuse him. Thank Excellent. you. I really appreciate it. One more time. Yep, we'd like to finish off with again a Mazel Tov to Rav Nissen, Hashem, this Wednesday, marrying off a child, Beshot Tayyum Matzlachas, Gesundheit, and looking forward to dancing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mordechai. And Yo. I appreciate And I really apologize again to the people that are online and they couldn't get into it. So next week, Be'ezat Hashem uh, will be here with you. Thank you, Mordechai. Uh, You're Mordechai. Welcome.